Hello, you're listening to Dragonfly Heart Medicine Radio, a place where like-minded people come together to discuss spirituality, awakening, plant medicine, and more. Hello, everyone. Love and blessings. Welcome to yet another episode of Dragonfly Heart Medicine Radio. Um, I have the pleasure of speaking to some really awesome guests um, over the past few months, and this guest is no exception. So with me today, I have Bob Cohen, and um, if you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what has brought you here today to be on the podcast. Well, sure. So, of course, um, you and I met last year um, at the an event that was connected to Thank You Plant Medicine. Um, I do a, a um, an unscripted uh, a, an, an, an unscripted uh, live stream, and uh, so we were. I, I was working. I was partnering with uh, Thank You Plant Medicine to do an event with uh, a group of people in Sweden called World of Wisdom. Um, Jonathan, who is one of the co-founders of Thank You Plant Medicine, put put out the word, and Kristen was one of the people that we trapped in our net. And um, she shared a story, uh, Kristen shared a story um, at that event. And then subsequently, uh, Kristen appeared on um, Orbor Story Hour, uh, which is the pro- my project. And, uh, and we, we stayed in touch. So I am, um, how do we do this? Um, I, um, I, hate, I hate defining myself in these ways. <laughs> but, um, you know, for, 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 for the normies out there, um, of which I, I do a good job of pretending, but for the normies out there, I have, uh, by day I'm an English professor. Uh, I teach writing and literature classes. Um, I produce and host Orbor Story Hour, um, which is a project devoted to exploring the relationship between um, transpersonal experiences and story and how do we under how do we understand those experiences how do we bring them into our lives and how do we reach out to the whole wide world in an effort to do the best we can to uh, to make the world uh, to make make the world a better place um, i'm also a writer and so i'm, I'm a published poet and uh, and i spent a long time as a, a freelance journalist i'm currently working on um, putting together a couple of books of poetry a creative nonfiction piece, and I have a novel that I'm pulling up out of mothballs that I want to try to get out um, in the next six or seven months. Um, I'm a dad. I've been married for uh, next week it'll be 38 years, wow. and um, and so um, that's me. Yeah, thank you for sharing. And we we have a lot in common. We know we're both teachers. Um, we enjoy, we enjoy writing and telling stories. Um, and yes, that's interesting. Um, and actually, um, Jonathan from Thank You Plant Medicine is going to be a guest on later in the year. So that'll be fun. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. So tell us more about your story hour, um, what it kind of looks like and, um, like kind of the importance of telling stories when we're in the process of integrating from, you know, life events or plant medicine work. Sure. So I have to, I need, you know, I'm going to provide sort of like a slightly uh, a context for story hour. So in my life, I, I you know, I, I worked really hard to pretend to, to pretend to be a normal person for a long time. And uh, there came a point probably about 10 years ago when um, we had a, my family, my wife and I and my family had a big corrective, a corrective incident. 
that gave us um, a, a good eight, nine years of, of really struggling to sort of like pull piece, bring pieces together to sort things out to, you know, to go forward in a way that was more aligned with who we were, who we were as people. So part of that process um, was that we had, we, we, we ended up struggling financially for a good number of years. And so I, you know, fell into a really super deep depression. Um, I actually became suicidal. I, that, there was a point where I was in my garage with a rope around my neck. And, and um, mm -hmm. the only reason I didn't kick it out from under me was because my kid, I didn't want my kids to come home and find me like that yeah. in school, uh, from their school day. Um, and so around that time, um, there were like two or three articles. This was like summer of 2013. So around that time, there were two or three articles in, it was like Washington Post, um, New Yorker, and something else about psilocybin research. So this is sort of like at the, you know, just as the, you know, the, the, the uh, psychedelic renaissance, psychedelic renaissance um, was just starting to crest. The, the, the way the way was just starting to, to quest. That crash. So I looked at it and I go, yeah, I did mushrooms when I was in college a couple of times. So that was really fun. And mm -hmm. I connected to it. And it's funny how like sometimes you know that something's going to be in your future and it's going to be a big part of your life. But you, you like, I, I get this like kind of like feeling inside myself and I often don't pay attention to it. So I, I was like, all right, you know, but when I, in retrospect, retrospectively, it, I, I know I had a moment where I was like, this is gonna be like my life, right? So things are still not getting better. Um, I did a bunch of research. I found a, um, a, a conference on psychedelic research in uh, New York called Horizons Perspectives on Psychedelics. And I got myself there and began the process of getting connected to the research and to the psychedelic world, I guess, is how I would have framed it at, at, at that time. So in that process, so like one of the jokes that I always tell people is that, you know, at a certain, when you're young, you know drug dealers, you get a little older, you know people who know drug dealers, you get to be <laughs> middle-aged, and if you ask for drugs, people assume you're a cop, a narc, right? Because they're like, well, well especially somebody like me, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a you know, I'm a pretty physically fit person. And so they go, yeah, it must be a cop, right? So I go to this conference for a couple, three years. Actually, I haven't missed it once since 2013. But anyway, um, I met a guy named Lex Pelger who um, actually was doing psychedelic stories. And he also, uh, like over the course of a number of years, I ended up developing some trust for him. So he invited me to the after after party at Horizons in the Bed Stuy in the Brooklyn. So that's Bedford Stuyvesant for those of you who aren't New Yorkers. It's a formal. It's it's an area that's um, in the actively in the process of gentrification. It used to be a really scary place in New York, and mm -hmm. and it's a whole lot less scary because all the cool kids live there now. Yeah, so we have this conversation, and um, he invited me to tell a story at his. Um, at his, at his his thing, it was a live thing in Brooklyn. So I went a couch surf. Furious, like I'm in my mid fifties, you know, couch surfing in Bedside, telling stories about my experiences with um, with, with psilocybin. And I got I, I didn't want to wait around for other people 
to invite me to do that again. So I created Story Hour. Um, and it, there was this like wonderful confluence of events where I met people who were actively involved in building psychedelic community in Boston. We sort of like connected and I had this sort of like ready-made network of a couple of thousand people that I could reach out to and ask to share stories. So from August of 2017 until 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 the pandemic hit, Story Hour was strictly a live event, and I didn't allow recording for the most part. Um, the pictures, it was like what happens at Story Hour stays in Story Hour kind of thing, um, and so it became this really beautiful, intimate experience for people. And part of what evolved in the project was that I began to notice the relationship between the stories people tell about their experiences mm -hmm. and how, how, the, how those experiences then affect their lives and the people around them. Mm. And so this is, so like, so what, and so as that developed, I, as I, that understanding developed and deepened, um, it changed my own practice with using plant medicines and psychedelics in the sense that I, I kind of migrated from my observer mind noting plot points for stories that I was going to tell at story hour the following month to just allowing my, allowing my observer mind to be with the experience without trying to give it a form. Mm. Without saying, okay, you know, this is, you know, this is the turning point, you know, the, 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 old, the whole Aristotelian the story model, you, know, you have beginning, middle and end, you know, beginning is the inciting incident, the middle is the, the turning point and the end, that, 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 that falling action from there is sort of like all about, you know, all about getting to the happy ending, right? So I stopped doing that in the process of, um, of, of my own experiences. And then I later, would tell people that I met at different ceremonies, try that as a way of being with these experiences. So um, what I began to notice was that when people started telling their stories at story hour, they would sort of like reframe how they understood what their experiences were because they're, 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 um, the format is unscripted. So people, you know, people go, oh yeah, you know, I'm gonna take notes, you know, I'm gonna write it all out. I go, no, show up. Really, rather like we're doing now, right? Like just just show up, you know, we'll 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 and, and, and that act of like just showing up and being with it requires us because we're not like thinking ahead of time about what you know what 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 the story is. Stories evolve. And the other cool thing that ended up happening was like in the beginning, I created themes. So I, one night would be PTSD night, another would be, you know, sexual trauma night, you know, another one would be like Iboga night, you know, addiction, this and that, and the other thing. And it was, you know, from, you know, from a, a producer's point of view, it was a pain in the aspect. And I always, had, I always had to kind of like get out and find specific people to tell the stories. But from this point of view of just being with the universe and allow, and, and, and feeling for flow rather than structure, it, it is unswervingly happened that every single story hour since I moved into that space, 
themes develop. Like the universe, like would the, the, the universe put the people in the room that needed to be in that room that need that, that and and that that are around themes that we didn't even know that we we shared. And it, it just it's extraordinary. And and I will say that the universe is um, sometimes very heavy-handed. One time I was uh, I, I live in the suburbs in Boston, and I was driving into town because I do it I, with the live event. I do it in town. And I got two calls on driving into town from people who, who, who uh, canceled it at the 11th hour and 59 minutes. And then at that same time, two people called me and well, uh, on the trip and we were, we were talking to go, hey, can you come tell a story tonight? And they were like, hell yeah. And they were the right people to be in the room at that night. And the people who called and canceled would not have, I, I know because I've subsequently talked to them, it, 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 wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. You know, so so th- this is kind of like the, the, the genesis and the main body of Orbor Story Hour's work. So pandemic hits, now it's like, well, what the hell am I gonna do? We can't meet the, the venue then. Well, I mean, every, every live venue, shut their doors and said stay home and a couple of friends kind of like cajoled me because I wasn't really hip with the idea of, of um, doing stuff on Zoom so a couple, of my, a couple of my friends cajoled me into doing it you know we need story hour you got to do something right so that started a whole new adventure with story hour and we did, so that was like, like March 8th like so starting in April of uh, 2019 right um, so starting in April I had to kind of retool the retool the program. We had to, and I thought, well, let's just record these things now and let's turn it into something. So I spent from April, May, June, July, and August, so that you know, going into um, the my the third anniversary because the project's anniversary is in August. We sort of I, I I kind of like fumbled my way into finding the format, and then once I figured out the format going forward, you know, we've now been doing these things online. And what that's freed me up to do is it's freed me up. It's allowed the project to expand beyond the borders of the Boston area. And so I, uh, you know, and then this is also in, in, in large measure, thanks to the, my connections with um, Thank You Plant Medicine, Story Hour became international last year. Yeah, that's amazing, right? Yeah. It, it just, it just, it was so crazy. And so you know, we've been able to create these like, these bubbles where, I mean, I, I, I had a, once, I think one of my favorite ones is, I actually had simultaneously someone calling in from um, South Africa and Hawaii at the same time. Mm. So we're, we, we've erased time zones, we've erased physical distance, and we've kind of like brought in, you know, we, 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 we brought in these people to share these, their experiences in this, in this, in this space. And I know that uh, Kristen is, like, is totally organic, and when I do the live streams, I'm totally it's totally organic. But then I bundle those into I, I bundle each episode into a recorded episode, and I try to limit it to about two hours because otherwise, like, we go on forever and ever and ever. Um, and then I also have now taken in people's individual story segments and brought those into sort of like a, like a separate package, and. In doing that, I've been able to kind of like push out, reach out the world. You know, we're getting like, 
on 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 the uh, on, on the recorded episodes, um, we were getting well over twenty thousand views a month. Wow. So how's that for a long how's that for a long question a long answer to your question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, and that's one thing that has um, I think um, been interesting about the pandemic and a lot of more things being on Zoom it allows us to reach more people and to reach out. Like you said, you know, the story hour was kind of just in, you know, one area. And now we're having interviews from the U.S., but also South Africa and, you know, just lots of other places. And it's grown a lot. Um, Just, you know, it seems like kind of exponentially started to really grow and reach more people, which is awesome, you know? Yeah, it's it's because you know, the thing is, like, I'm, I, I kind of, with, 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 you know, with actually pretty much everything, but most very acutely with, you know, with, with plant medicines and psychedelics, I live sort of like, I have one foot in the research world and one foot in the spiritual world. And so part, like a, a big part of what I'm wanting to do is kind of like research, kind of change the world, but I'm not a scientist. So, you know, I, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm not doing studies, but I'm studying people. And you know this now really gives me the opportunity as a as a creator of um, whatever the hell it is I create um, to, to 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 affect the world in, in 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 ways that I could otherwise not have been able to do. And that's funny, like with the pandemic. I mean, there are lots of things there are lots of things I don't like about the last year and a half or going on two years. But it really presented a tremendous opportunity to do this thing because like the whole world was kind of, I don't know, the, one way I might say it is the world caught up to me is another way I might say it's the world aligned with me, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in that moment to allow for this, you know, this, this thing to happen. And it's just been, the ride's been great. I mean, we've had people from, from, from the Middle East, people from Israel, um, people from South Africa, people, lots of people from different parts of Europe, you know, all over the U.S. Um, I'm working on Asia next. Yeah, you know, everybody coming together with a yeah. similar purpose in mind and to, you know, share experiences and um, yeah. realize, you know, we're all human and we're all in this dance together and life is hard and life is messy, but life is really beautiful at the same time. And so even though you're reaching you know, in so many different places, there's, you know, that one thing, plant medicine, that's bringing a lot of these people together. And you mentioned like before you would set things and now you just kind of don't, but do you notice like there, are there any things that just kind of naturally seem to occur in all every, these every, every time things occur. If, if you, if, like, if you, if you go back and you look at the, um, at the episode you appeared on, if you kind of track what people, what people talk about, you know, it, it's, it, 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 there's, there's always, there's always, 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 a through line. So I kind of like think of, uh, I'm also a musician. I didn't mention that. So I play, I, I, I sing blues and, and I play, um, I, I play blues harmonica. So, and, 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 I, and, I, and I study jazz. So I really think of what goes on in story hour is jazz storytelling. So the way, you, the way a jazz song is structured and jazz is a little more complicated than blues, but blues is like fundamentally the same way, but very specifically with jazz, the way that like the way that jazz works is that someone 
comes up with a melody, right? So that we call that the head. And the first soloist, well, actually, like the whole ensemble will play the head, and and that and that will have you know that that has that that has the melody. And then what people do, what all what all the individual soloists do is they play variations on the head. So like the head influences what follows it, but you know necessarily. And then in the end, you 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 know the outro, like you you restate the head again. And so the way I structured the the, the the way I structure my shows is I tell the first story. So like in a way I set the frame and then what follows kind of just just comes naturally from it, it's organically, naturally, it just it just flows. So yeah, I mean it's just I try to think I, I so live in the moment with these things that that you know when 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 I'm done with them, like they just they kind of like just fly out of my head almost. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm thinking about the next one because that's like that that's the jazz approach, right? Like it, jazz is all about being present with the musicians that are on the stage, having a conversation with them, interacting with the audience. Uh, it's kind of like the Grateful Dead did this like to great effect, um, especially really early um, early in their careers. They used to do um, they, they 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 were the band for uh, the Ken Kesey's Acid Tests in the '60s, so everybody's everybody's tripping balls and they would play. So there was no expectation for them to provide a cohesive, enter, like in air quotes, entertaining, story, entertaining concert. So they got up and played when they wanted. They sat down when they didn't want to and they explored everything that they wanted. And their whole thing was about blurring the lines between players and listeners, mm. audience, audience and performers. And that very much influences my approach to uh, to story hour. So, like in the large space, that works super well. And it's been challenging to sort of do that same thing in 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 in, in Zoom space because you know we're not all in the same room. Um, I mean, I, I I get like I know a lot I know lots of energy workers, and I know people say that, you know they can do remote Reiki and all that kind of stuff, but. There's a proximity, like, I, I think of it as like a proximity effect. Like when you're in a room with people, the energy is stronger for me it, 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 and it's stronger for, for, for the people who are in the chairs. And it just, and, and this may be my limitations as, a, as, a, as an energy person, but I don't experience it quite the same way, but I'm like working to make that sort of thing, that, that, that blurring of, um, that, that, that blur, blurring of roles that we create something together. Yes, and that's beautiful because, you know, all these people come to you and, you know, to volunteer, to share their story for an episode. And um, yeah, it's interesting how the universe, like it's almost like behind the scenes is handpicking these people who feel called because it does seem like the, the episodes I've watched or even the episodes I've been a part of, we're not even trying yet there are themes that are emerging and patterns within our stories. And um, I'm a part of a sacred fire community in Greensboro here in North Carolina, and I haven't been in a while, but it's similar. Like we usually do check-ins and everybody is, the group is different every single time. It's not always the exact same people, but there's always like this theme that seems to emerge and we just needed to be there together at that night to really um, relate to each other. And I know for me, like, 
when I hear that other people are going through similar things or have had similar experiences, it brings so much comfort, especially now, because the past few years have been challenging for everybody, collectively, individually, and coming together as community, even if it is on Zoom, has been something that has really helped me a lot. And so when people come to you and they're like, I want to share a story, but maybe they've never shared a story before or like been in, you know, kind of in the spotlight, so to speak, what advice do you have for them? All right. So I really, among the really cool things about being unscripted is that really it allows for what I like to think of as heart-centered stories. I actually don't, I mean, it's not that I will, it's not that I would turn away highly polished performer for, for story hour, but I really do look for people who have stories to tell rather than performances that they, that they want to give. And so, you know, but as, as, as we have that conversation about, well, I've never done this before, I'm really afraid, yada, yada, yada. You know, I, I draw upon my, uh, my, my English professor stuff. I'll go, you know, I'll tell them about the Aristotelian story model and all that other fun stuff. But I say in the end, just, Start talking, and let the words come out. And I, the the the, the frame the, the frame that I give everybody is, think of an experience or a, a, a collection of experiences that changed your perspective on something. And I leave it purposefully vague, so that so that they can kind of like really think, so so they can think of like what that means to them, and. I like to think that I uh, engender that that I, I I this is what I think I am, and I hope that this is how people perceive me. I like to think that I'm warm and that I engender trust in, in, in people. You know, it's like it's my, it's my dad energy, I think, and mm -hmm. and and so I work harder. I work hardest at making people feel comfortable about being themselves, and 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 that they're not going to be judged, and that it's okay to open up. And what often happens in, in, in the space is people, they're really nervous, they start talking and they might sort of like flounder for first four or five minutes. But at some point they see that, like they, they, get, they get the germ of their story and bam, it just opens up. And then without fail, they follow that, you know, they'll, 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 they'll kind of like fold right into that, that three-act story model. So why does that happen, right? So we could argue that, that that's a learned thing that you know that you know, that in Western civilization that's how we've been telling stories since before Aristotle, or we could argue that it's a more Jungian thing like that. That's like that's the story archetype, and I suspect it's probably that more than you know more, more than just externally imposed on us. There's just like it's just how we tell stories, and it happens, and I don't ever cut people off. Because the other thing I'll the other thing I will do is I say, look, I'm going to block about 20 minutes for you. If you get to 10 minutes and you're done, thank you very much, love you, and we'll move on to the next person. If you're at 20 minutes and you're you're not like telling the same story 47 times over again, you know, you know we're, 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 like we're, you're being like reasonably productive in 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 in, in moving a narrative. Um, I don't stop, and so. Sometimes people might go 40 minutes, they might go, they might go double. And to know that there's no, to, to know that there's no necessity to fit this very, very specific format 
a very specific time frame. I think that it opens opens things up for people. And let's face it, the more we talk, the more comfortable we get, the more comfortable we get, the easier it is to open up. And as you open up and people aren't throwing rotten vegetables at you, it gets easier. And and then and and, and then by the end, you know, people's hearts are wide open. And that's always like that's the thing I strive for in the space is is to to have wide open hearts. And so what I do and when I tell my story, I believe me, I share I, I share things that um, sometimes I'm surprised I did. I also I really tell people about that. And so I model for people what I'm inviting them to do. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of was just it just goes and it flows. Yeah, and that's great because at the the nature of telling stories, there is a lot of heart that can be in it and it can help break walls down when we just show up with zero expectations and just start talking. And it's just like a really beautiful process. And I know for me, like something about just speaking out loud helps me so much process things that happen. And it's even better when you have a group of people who are coming forward with also no expectations and no judgment to just be able to share and to process and to re kind of like replay the events in my mind and stories have been around forever. I mean, before there was like people writing things down, all stories were passed down through generations and various different cultures. So storytelling is not something new, but I think with the, the busyness and the chaos of our outer world, sometimes we forget how, healing it can be to just sit down with a group of people and share what's on your heart for sure and, and at the end of the day human human minds are story making machines everything you know when you, when, when you really think about like what a human being is our bodies are fundamentally walking talking center arrays you know, we feel we taste we touch we you know we we we, 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 we smell and then our brains tell stories about that input mm-hmm. so from the you know so from the very you know from the moment that I mean I, I don't know from the moment we become conscious and I don't want to I don't want to get involved in like what, what, what when, when that happens and, and but from the moment that from the moment that we become conscious you know we're 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 we're, we're getting we're, we're getting input and we're trying to understand that input in a way initially in, 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 a, in, in a way that's organized around making sure that we don't get hurt, making sure that we get our food, making sure that we're warm, making sure that you know, someone's holding us, like so that we can feel safe. And then we kind of like build out from there, and then you know we we, we create all the, all these mental models that um, you know, that that are interrelated with one another. Um, now we're going to get into my theory about how the human brain's organized. <laughs> But you know, it's just we're we're story we we are storytelling machines, and so it's not that we I mean we have always told stories, and then there's this you know what you were talking about, Kristen, and and I kind of like you know, as soon as you start talking like you know my my my, my education brain goes oh yeah so you know like like the Odyssey was was told in oral, oral tradition, so Homer didn't write it down, that story didn't get written down until much later, you know, much later in our culture. The Celt- in the Celtic cultures, um, bards, who by the way, bards were like rock stars in, in, in the in, in Celtic culture. So, and, and you had to go to bard college 
and it was 12 years. So it was like it was like getting a PhD. And what you had to do was you had to have the ability to, from memory, tell every story in the, that culture's canon. Wow. And then once you could do that, you would get, but you know, you, you would then become the court bard for whatever local king or or you know or, or, or royal person was around, and so you and, and you got paid, like you, you got taken, you got taken care of. So like there's like that part of it, but that's like this sort of like very narrow understanding of what stories mean. Mm-hmm. And again, like I, I kind of I, I really think of this, I really think of us as, as these story machines. So like when we do psychedelic work or plant medicine work what we do this is from sort of like the side I, i'll i'm gonna i told you i live on both sides of this like the science and the, and the spiritual we create a meta-conscious state so what is what that means is that that's that separation of our observer mind and the experience and so when we get to that meta-conscious state we're able to look at our memories more dispassionately so you know, the the, the fmris will tell you that um that the, the neuropathways to your, your prefrontal cortex have been dampened and that you have, you're creating these new neuropathways to other parts of your brain. So the prefrontal cortex is where we, um, it's, where we it's, it's, it's the judgment part of our brain. It's the executive part of our brain. So when we disengage that and we connect to the stories without that judgment, we're able to sort of like look at what we know, how we know it, and what we think about it and have the opportunity to ask ourselves, is this true? Is what I think true? So when I, the, the first time that uh, I took a, going, you know, going back to the, um, you know, what, we, what I mentioned before about going to Horizon, I connected with um, a trip center in the, up, uh, in the Upper West Side of New York. And I drove down from Boston to, the, to, to New York on a, on a snowy day. And I took five grams of mushrooms, which for those of you who don't know, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a, that some people call that heroic dose. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty hefty dose. And things came up in that journey that I didn't even know were kind of like rattling around in my head and affecting me like moment to moment to moment. So I was a, I was a bedwetter when I was little. And Back in, this is, you know, back in the 60s when people, you know, the, the Stone Age, right? So, you know, my, my was very heavily judged by my family. My mom would make me go to school with my, my soiled underwear. And you know, there, there was like all this like trauma around, you know, you smell funny and, and, it's just, and, and, and all, all this shame. And so I, mean, I, I take, these, I take this five, these five grams of mushrooms. I have this experience. I go through this like whole ritual thing. I pour water down my shirt. Um, but what... I ended up understanding was that that so effect, that affected me in ways that I shoved down so deeply, mm-hmm. and that it was it was this really buried but extraordinarily important part of my self story, which revolved around like being weird, being in shame, um, not really kind of like not being worthy of. Um, not, not, not being worthy of, of, of people loving me, people liking me, you know, being part of social groups and, and all that sort of stuff. And that ability to kind of like step back and see that and from my mind to recalibrate the story 
and say, you know, yeah, that happened. And, you know, that's just the way I develop, right? Some people don't, some people get tall when they're, when, when, when they're in the sixth grade. Some people don't grow to their full height till, till, till later on. Like it's all, it's all this development stuff, but it's like, what do we, what stories do we tell about it? Oh, you're not keeping up, right? You're, 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 you know, you're still peeing, you know, you're still peeing in your pants and you're, and you're, you're 11 years old. There's something wrong with you. Well, no, this is just how my, I developed. And that ability to be able to do that, to recalibrate the story came from being able to be in that metaconscious state um, and to look at the experiences and, 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 and find and really see what was true about it versus what people said was true about it. Um, so just yeah, so, oh, so shift in perspectives. Yeah, it's it, 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 it's it's this big perspective, this big perspective shift. So the other thing I was going to say is that, like, I just put this in scientific terms, right? You know, I'm talking about metaconscious and all this. Some people will say uh, that it's the spirits and in, in, in the mushrooms teaching, and I don't know which is true. I mean, and like even like depending on which camp you live in, like that's another story about our experiences. It's like, yes, it's spiritual experience. Yeah, it's a, it's a this. But what's true for both of them is that they're transformative. And it's just, well, how do we explain the transformation? Like, I'm making story a tell story right now. I don't even know what story I would tell, but I'm just like, yeah. And right. I mean, growing up, I loved making up stories and I would always write, you know, when I got a little bit older, I would write stories and poems and it's just, and I realize every time I stop doing that, things get really stagnant. Like right now, I haven't really written anything in like all year or maybe two years. And it's like things start to get kind of stagnant. And I feel like just like dissatisfaction with things. And as soon as I start to, you know, do something like writing again, like I always feel so much better. Um, yeah. So like, I'm glad of all people I could choose, you were on my podcast today, just to remind me of the beauty that there is in, in telling stories and um, that, yeah, really everything is a, a story and beliefs that we're telling ourselves and um, just trying to link things together in our mind and process. So, yeah, because yeah, we, we, again, like when you write, you reduce, you reduce story to top and bottom, left to right, beginning and end. And that's one of the things that as, as a writer, and I've been really, I've been exploring these boundaries in my poetry this year really hard, um, is, is the linearity of writing and the multidimensional way in which we actually think. There's, because, and it's sort of like, how do you, it's like painting, right? Like you, you can see a painting in my back, in, 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 in my background, right? There's a, I mean, that's abstract, abstract expressionist, but like there's still a sense of dimensionality in, in the painting. When you look at it, like you see a foreground, a middle ground, and, and, a, and a background. It's all, it's, it's top, bottom, left, right, flat. And what the painter did was use light and shadow to fool our brains into perceiving dimensionality. In, 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 I mean, there, that, I mean, if you look at the study of perspective, like you do like multi-point perspective, like you draw lines and it's sort of like all about like angles and, and, and all the stuff to just 
fool our brains into perceiving it that way. So it's, um, yeah, stories. You, you can see why I'm totally fascinated with this now. And, and I spent so much of my time thinking about it. So when do you do your story hours? You want to share that with people? And we'll like, you know, uh, as always in the comments, or not in the comments, in the description, there'll be links um, to things. But yeah, just give a little bit more information about when you hold it. All right, so story hour is usually the third Thursday of the month. And I do it from 7.30 till about 10 o'clock um, Eastern time. Which gets really funky because, like you know, on, on, on those calls where I have people at the extreme ends of the uh, of, of time zones, you know, somebody's four o'clock in the morning and someone is four o'clock in the afternoon. So it it, 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 it gets interesting. Uh, but yeah, that's um that, that's when I do it. So we just I just we just wrapped up season four in August. So now we're now moving to into season five. Um, I'm thinking about changing the night um, because I'm trying to like I'm, I'm my 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 my, um, my recorded episode audiences are huge my live stream audiences are I'd like to say I'm still developing okay so we'll, we'll, we'll um, you know I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a growth mindset frame on this one right I'm like it's, I'm not saying it's it's not where I want it to be and there's there's lots of room to develop that that larger because like the whole model is on the Zoom call, it's like studio. The people that come to the live stream are like studio audience. And it's nice when we have, and this happened, if you remember, Kristen, uh, during, the, um, the, during the Thank You Plant Medicine, was like a lot of people were commenting as, as the stories were going on. And it really, fed the, it really fed the stories and sort of helped a lot with blurring the lines between you know, the, sto the storytellers and, and, and the people who are receiving them. So, so that's kind of like where we are. So it's Thursday nights, third Thursday of the month, um, 7.30 to 7.30 to 10. Um, I, I, you know, I, 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 I let people know in various, in, in various ways. Um, on my list of things to do someday is to uh, get a website, but this year I had to teach myself how to, like, how to use, uh, how to edit video. So there was, wasn't time for, um, <laughs> there wasn't time to build a website. Um, but yeah. All right, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing and thank you for being a guest today. We're getting close to wrapping up. Is there anything else you want to share? Well, I want to say, Kristen, thank you so much for, for being in my life. Both, it, it, was, it was just wonderful when, when you showed up for the, the World of Wisdom Thank You Plant Medicine thing that, the, that, that, that Jonathan and I put together. Um, it was wonderful when you, came and told, when you came and told stories. It's nice, it's so much fun that we, we touch base with each other from time to time. And like part of, I, I like to feel like part of the, in, in, my, in my story, our community, once we've kind of like shared really intimate things about each other, it's way easier to be close to people. And so, you know, even though we've actually never met in, in the so-called real world, um, you know, I, I consider you a, a good friend, and I feel close to you. And, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that you came in, uh, that you're part, a part of my life right now. I'm also thankful that you invited me to um, to appear in your your podcast. Um, as my wrestling coach used to tell me, I was a terrible wrestler, but I talked all the time. He said, you know, if you, if you, if you could if you could wrestle the way you talk, you'd be a state champion. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
I, uh, I I truly appreciate the opportunity to you know to to to, to share the work I do with you know with, with more and more people. It's just uh, I'm 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 very grateful. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I'm grateful as well. It's a pleasure, and thank you to anyone who has watched on my YouTube channel or listened to the audio. Please sus- subscribe to the channels. Um, click that bell. So you get notified every time there is a new episode. Um, And if you're ever interested in being a guest, just let me know. I hope everyone enjoys the rest of their evening or morning or whatever is next after watching this. And thank you.